perfect mess is my perfect mess. everybody welcome to the perfect mess podcast i'm your host ray molina and this is episode 117 i hope you guys are doing well um i know it's been a little bit um since i've dropped another episode uh please forgive me i've you know holidays and just a lot been going on i've been on the road uh a lot of you guys know uh from my music history that uh man i used to i used to be on the road a lot um touring and whatnot and the way my kids play baseball right now it almost feels like my kids are on tour because uh we are literally driving everywhere so they can play baseball um and most recently we just went to vegas which was awesome very awesome uh but i'll touch on that in a minute uh before we get started do me a favor if you're watching on youtube please uh, hit that subscribe button and the little notification bell in the corner. Um, that'll let you, uh, and hit all. Once you hit the notification bell, hit all, and you will get all the updates on YouTube, my shorts that I put up. Um, not my actual physical shorts, obviously, but the video clips that are called shorts, uh, you'll get those. You'll get um, any of the full episodes or any excerpts, anything that I put up. I usually put up a lot of training videos from myself and not just me, but also my kids. So any fathers or any moms that are looking to uh, help their kids get physically active and whatnot, I usually share the videos of my children to kind of inspire you guys to, to do so. Um, so do that, and that's youtube.com slash at the perfect mess pod my website is raymolina.com make sure to bookmark it you will be able to read all of my blogging that i do there uh, you'll be able to listen and watch every episode of the podcast uh book reviews for books that i've read i have a shop which you can buy t-shirts hats slides you name it they're all over on the shop so again that's raymolina.com and my instagram is at it's raymolina and what else uh, that is also my TikTok. And then the podcast and the brand is also on uh, TikTok and uh, Instagram. All right. So anyways, uh, the holiday just passed. Uh, the first holiday, um, I don't I, I don't really celebrate uh, Halloween too, too much. I mean, my, this is the first year my kids really didn't trick or treat. So what I'm talking about is Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving just passed and I, uh, you know, this year was bittersweet for me because I had to realize that a lot of things were going to change. All right. Um, and what I mean by that is this is the first year that my uh, grandparents are no longer uh, no longer here. My grandfather uh, passed away. It'll be going on two years. And this was the first time that it actually hit me that uh, we are no longer gathering as a family. <clears throat> now, most of you know, uh, listening, that I don't spend a whole lot of time with family. I don't have a whole lot of family in California anymore. Uh, a lot of people have passed on. A lot of people have moved out of state all over the country. And it's just 
the way it is right now. And I'm in California basically because my kids are here. So this year was a reality check for me. Uh, you know, I made a phone call or excuse me, I sent a text message uh, to my aunt up north and asked if uh, they were going to be putting out the bat signal to to gra grab any family and friends that we do have, uh, which is not many, uh, to get together and have Thanksgiving dinner. And they weren't because everybody's kind of married now and gone off and done their own thing. And, and it is what it is. So this year was bittersweet for me. But on the flip side, you know, I had a very small Thanksgiving. Uh, we chose to have a joint Thanksgiving this year for the kids. And um, so it was me, uh, my kid's mom, uh, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, and my mother-in-law was actually out of town. She's, uh, she's spending time with family, her and her cousins and, and whatnot. Hadn't seen each other in years, so they try to get together when they can. And so she's back, uh, I believe, in the East Coast. And that's it, man. So we did it. We had a small one. I, I made a turkey. I didn't plan on making a turkey this year. I made a turkey. It turned out really good. Uh, so I'm always happy when I get a chance to cook for Thanksgiving. It's just something that I've always enjoyed. And it was good. You know, my kids enjoyed it. We watched a lot of football um, and just had a great one. So I hope you guys had a really good Thanksgiving. I always tell people because for some reason people get super super political on Thanksgiving and they start bringing up the past and you know what the day stands for or what it doesn't stand for and whatnot and I always tell anybody who asks me uh, I don't celebrate what the initial meaning of that day is all right I just celebrate being thankful for the things that I have in my life uh, my children uh, everything that I have you know even the roof over my heads and good friends good family um, all of these things, good health, all these things. Um, but I, it's Thanksgiving is not about Christopher Columbus and the pilgrims and the Indians. It, that's all a goofball story that we were all fed when we were kids, at least if you were my age. And it's, you know, I think by now we all know that things didn't happen the way that we were told. But needless to say, what's done is done. And now I just celebrate being thankful. That's it. So, um, yeah, aside from that, man, uh, you know, times moving forward are changing, you know, uh, no more bat signal from grandma and, uh, no more, you know, spending time like we used to, you know, uh, and, you know, I thought it would hit me a little harder, but, you know, it's, I've gotten to a point where I'm just accepting things as they go and I'm having to, you know, make adjustments to move forward and maybe I'll be the guy who you know it gets put in a position where I can put out the bad signal and try to gather people to come on over and I cook and whatnot I don't know it's not like that for me right now but maybe it will be who knows uh, aside from that man let's 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 talk about baseball you know and you know, being a father and no and, and, and noticing changes in your kids and them I don't know, fathers out there, listen to me. Sometimes when your kids are doing it it could be sports. I'm always talking sports. 
could it could be sports. It could be uh, school. It could be singing. It could be whatever it is. Sometimes you get to a point, right? And if you've gotten there, I would love to hear from you. Sometimes you get to a point where you're looking at your kid and you kind of step out of your body. And it's almost like you have to remind yourself that that is your son or that is your daughter. And what I mean by that is because they're doing something that you almost can't believe that they're capable, excuse me, capable of. You, you, you just can't believe that they're performing at such a high level. Now, you knew that they were good and you knew they had the potential to be great. But then you see it and you have to tell yourself, that's your son out there or that's your daughter. And look how amazing they are. You know, I had that happen to me when we went to Las Vegas. Las Vegas was was amazing. Um, this was one of the first weekends both of my kids were split on tournaments. My youngest had a tournament in the East Bay, which I couldn't go to, or we, I couldn't go to, and... Jordan had his first tournament with his new team in Las Vegas, which was a big deal. So we kind of had to figure out, okay, who's going to stay back? Who's going to go to Las Vegas? How's this going to work? And it made sense for uh, the boy's mom to go to the East Bay game for Jaden and then for me to take the road trip to Las Vegas. It just worked out that way. Now... That's always hard, especially if you're a dad like me. I don't like to miss games. I don't like missing innings of a baseball game, let alone complete games and weekends of games. So this was, regardless of me being at my other son's games, it was going to be hard still because I'm missing out on Jaden's games. So either way, whatever was going to happen, I was going to miss somebody's game. But we had to do it. So... We took the trip, me and Jordan, we took the trip to Las Vegas, and it was a first for me and him now being a teenager, and we've gotten to a point now where we're starting to have more big boy talks. We're starting to have talks that you have with your young man that he needs to hear that he needs to understand and being 14 going on 15 you know he has questions and whatnot and rightfully so because when I was that age I had him as well and uh, this trip to Las Vegas was a blessing in a lot of ways for he and I because it gave us a chance to really just talk and experience the road my son see I love both of my kids because they're both like me in so many so many ways but in their own ways and Jordan is like me in a sense where he's pretty easy going he it doesn't take a lot to make him happy 
uh, he's a, he doesn't, I mean, I talk a lot more, which is Jaden. So Jaden gets that from me. We're talkers. Jaden, you, you cannot get him to be quiet. He loves to talk. And I love that. Uh, so that's what Jaden gets from me, but Jordan gets the mild mannered, just kind of go with the flow. He's not really flashy. Uh, and he's usually whatever you say you're going to do. He'll be like, okay, cool. Let's go. He doesn't really bitch and moan about much, but you know, we spent some time. We had almost 10 hours on the road going to Vegas and we were listening to podcasts. We were, he had questions about where we were driving through. We stopped in the Mojave, which was really awesome. I had this idea that I was hoping that we would get to the Mojave Desert in time with the lighting to be right with the sun to where we could get out, pull over, and take some uh, video and some photo of him hitting balls in the desert, just in the middle of nowhere, just smacking balls in the desert. And as God would help and have it, we did. We got to the Mojave and we were able to get 30 minutes in before the sun completely went down. And I took a bunch of pictures. I would, I was rolling them ground balls. I was hitting them ground balls. And then we were videotaping it. I brought my tripod. So we were videotaping him fielding balls uh, in the desert. And then I was lobbing him pitches and he was smacking, you know, the ball across the desert. Uh, and he was laughing. He's like, cause we're not going to find these balls, huh, dad? I said, nah, we're just, this is all for content. This is all for something cool. I wanted you to have a cool video. I mean, how often are we ever in the desert where you can just, you know, take batting practice? And he was like, yeah, this is cool. So we did it and the video came out really cool. It's not a very long video. It's literally maybe a minute and a half, two minutes. And it's just cool. A lot of people like it. He loved it. And the photos came out great. Uh, I made uh, images for him for every day that we were out there. I think we were out there four days. And I made a, f a different image for him every day that had something to do with the Las Vegas tournament. And he really liked it, you know. And it was just, for me, it's just a way to showcase uh, my kids and make them, make them shine a little bit. You know what I mean? Make them stand out a bit. Because, you know, as, as your father, as a father, you, you want your kids to stand out. You want them to, uh, I don't know. I'm, like I said, I'm not a flashy person, but I do want my children to stand out. All right. Um, especially because they're held, you know, they're really good ball players, and I want to do my best and always give them their best opportunity to look good. All right. So. We did that, but on the way to Vegas, man, we we were watching this uh, Sylvester Stallone uh, documentary about his life on Netflix. I, you know, I had it on my phone, and we, we had this, I think our next exit was like, I don't know, 100 miles away. So I said, I don't need to see the map. We're on this road forever. And we just started watching this video. I had it down, and we were watching it, and... You know, Stallone started talking about his his childhood growing up uh, and how his dad, you know, had gotten physical with him and how it affected him growing up. And Jordan had said, wow, that's 
that's crazy like I didn't know he grew up like that I couldn't imagine that and I gotta be honest I I I something grabbed a hold of me where I felt like I needed to take this opportunity to talk to my son I felt like this was the opportunity for me to to share with him that his own father had gone through something like that. And I needed him to to hear this story, to understand that it does happen and that you can overcome it and still become a great father and that there's a reason why I am the father I am with him and his brother because I came from that so I shared you know a story that I've shared on this podcast early on on episode one a long time ago uh, where I had gotten into an argument with my father when I was my son's age which was wild I was telling Jordan this story and I said you know I was your age and you know, I had I had been accused of lying to my father of where I was. And I told him, I said, what you got to understand about my dad is he wasn't always around. So during this time, he had only been married to my mom, remarried to my mom for a year. Before that, he was in jail. Uh, so we didn't have a great relationship. I didn't know him very well. And... He accused me of lying to him where I was, and I didn't. You know, I never lied to him, and, you know, I was exactly where I was supposed to be. Uh, but, you know, we don't have cell phones or anything back in those days, and I was too young to have a pager. And so uh, me trying to prove where I was was next to impossible, but he didn't believe it regardless. And I told him, yeah, you know, the same thing that you heard on this Sylvester Stallone uh, documentary happened to me. You know, I was picked up by my throat, by my neck, and flung across the room. And, you know, I hit a chair and bruised my ribs, had no idea, and uh, ended up at the school where he goes to high school now. And um, thought I had asthma, went to the nurse, and the nurse had me lift my shirt up so she could checked my breathing, had me breathing deep, and then realized I had a big old bruise on my on my rib cage, and the rest is history, you know, and I got escorted off the uh, campus with uh, San Jose PD and ended up in a shelter, and I'm telling my son this, and he's looking at me like he doesn't know what to say, he's, he's actually speechless. And I said, I'm telling you this because I want you to understand this was years ago, son, and I have forgiven my father for this. All right. I'm not telling you this because I hate that man. All right. I don't hate him. In fact, I love him, but he can't get out of his own way. And because he can't get out of his own way, that is why I can't allow him to be around you guys. Because I cannot have him taking his past traumas that he's still dealing with and trying to um, clear, which he doesn't need to. I can't have him hitch that to your trailer. I can't do it. 
you know, and or hitch his trailer to your hit to your hitch. I can't have him do it because there's no reason for you to carry that around. It's it's over. It's done. So that's why I'm so protective over you guys. That's my job as your father. And I said, but you need to know this. You need to understand this because there's there's a lot of reasons why I am the way I am with you guys. I said, that was one of the worst times of my life. And I'll never forget it. But I want you to understand that I would never put you guys through that. And I hope you understand why when you tell me like, Dad, I know you love us. I hope you understand like, my love comes from all of that to all of the new stuff. Uh, you know, even even me and mom going through a divorce. Nothing changed about loving you guys. Nothing. And I'm so glad that you guys don't have any memories of me and mom going through stuff because we didn't. We, you know, had no issues like that. There was it was other stuff that wasn't ever stuff that you guys as kids would see and 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 be questioning. It was just stuff that we as adults didn't see eye to eye on and it didn't work out. You know? And I said, I'm sharing that with you because I, I need you to understand where you're at right now is so much more different than where I was at your age. <clears throat> I said, I didn't have, you know, anybody doing what, what we're doing right now. I go, you know, when I went to Vegas, when I was playing football, uh, nobody came with me. Nobody. Not my mom, not my dad, not my grandparents. Nobody came with me. I was 14 on a charter bus with <clears throat> a bunch of coaches and my football team. And there were other parents that went. Um, but I went to Vegas by myself. You know, we won the championship. I told my son, we won the championship out there. I'll never forget it. I had my best season ever in football. The, hands down the best season of football I ever played. And uh, every game we played in Las Vegas, I looked up and there was nobody there for me. Nobody. And I was having the best season of my life. And to prove that, we went back to the hotel after our awards show when we got the trophy and the awards. And, you know, we were beating teams from out of state. Like, not just beating them, we were stomping them out. When we left the award ceremony, we came back to the hotel and, uh, our coach decided to use that moment to announce who made All-Stars. And that was the first time that I made All-Stars for football.
and nobody was there. And I was 14. I needed my son to hear that because I needed him to see how different his life was at his current age than mine. And I needed him to understand that life is what you make it. That I could have spent my life being a victim, but I didn't. Because why? Why would I why would I spend the rest of my life being a victim? So every time I fell down I could say, Well, this is the reason why. Better off just getting up, dusting yourself off and getting back to it. And I needed him to understand that that life is tough, life is hard, it's not fair. But you can be successful, you can still thrive, and you can be a better version of what you had and you can become the father that you always needed when you were young and that's what I did and this talk with Jordan was important you know it's a talk that I you know that it needed to be between me and him because you know he's He's in high school now, and Jaden's still young. You know, he's, you know, he's hasn't hit high school yet. He's got a whole another year of, of middle school, and then he goes to high school. And we will have our moment to have our talks. But that was important to have that talk. Now, moving on to the tournament in Vegas. <laughs> We go from having that conversation to getting in town to Vegas and and we are we're excited. You know, we check into the hotel and uh you know, we meet up with uh the coaches and some of the parents. And this is the first time my kid has been to Vegas. All right. So the, the families are like, let's go to, let's go downtown. Let's go to Fremont Street, you know, and so the kids can see, you know, <laughs> see the other, see what's going on out there and hang out and there's rides and different stuff. And we went out there and my son was exposed to some stuff and I had to be okay uh, and talk him through what he was seeing because Vegas can be a little crazy and, uh, he was just blown away. He's like, what the heck, Dad? That girl's not wearing anything. And she's asking for money. I'm like, yeah, welcome to Vegas. You know, and uh, I mean, just he was seeing all these kind of stuff. And I just was watching his face and looking at him and saying, man, this kid is seeing things that are blowing his mind right now. I wish I could get into his head and see, you know, what he was thinking. And, and uh, but I was enjoying, I was, you know, he'd take off and kind of walk in front of, me and the group of coaches and with his friends and they I was cracking up on them because they were being boys, you know, laughing and 
and hitting each other every time something crazy walked by them, uh, you know, uh, somebody dressed funny, someone putting on a, a crazy show and whatnot. But uh, it was cool, man. I think he did a lot of growing up going out there. And the games hadn't even started yet. So we uh, we got out there on a Thursday, and our first game was on uh, – our first games were on Friday. And I'll tell you what, man. Jordan had – his best weekend of baseball that I have ever seen him play. And I was beside myself. Now, you got to understand, I wasn't supposed to go out there and coach. Uh, what happened was we were when we were back home in the Bay Area, uh, the coach was having a team meeting. And he was like, I need you guys to be on your best behavior because you're looking at the coaching staff. And... When I heard that, I was like, oh, gosh, man, I know how hard it is to coach these teenagers by yourself. Like, especially being out of state, this is going to be crazy. Uh, so I told them, I said, hey, if you need help, tap my shoulder. I'll help you out. That's if you need help. If you got it, you got it. He's an older gentleman. Um, and, you know, sometimes older guys who've been coaching for years, they have it down and I don't want to step on nobody's toes when it comes to coaching. Uh, but he said, yeah, for sure. So he said, bring your gear, your team gear. And, um, uh, I could definitely use it. And so when we get out there, uh, per usual, I'm in the dugout and, uh, I am, you know, coaches bouncing ideas off me with, you know, player changes where they should be playing. Um, and I'm coaching first base and you know usually happens everywhere I go it it always happens and um I'm not complaining you know it's just something that is in me whether it's football baseball whatever it is uh I always get pulled into a coaching position and I'm not complaining about it because I love coaching I enjoy the hell out of it so yeah I I brought a lounge chair or uh, a bleacher chair to sit in the bleachers and my son laughed. He said, I don't even know why you brought that. I started, why? He goes, because you always end up coaching, Dad. I don't know why you even bring those. I said, yeah, you're right. Uh, so anyways, I'm coaching. You know, Jordy's having the tournament of his life. He's playing third base. He's catching. Uh, and he is just... It lights out, man. Lights out. And I got to tell you, dude. Uh, I said, dude. Uh, I got to tell you. Uh, he bat, He was batting 400 for the tournament. He was on base. What, 50% of the time. He pitched a total of five and I think two-thirds innings. He had eight strikeouts. I think he gave up two or three earned runs. Um, he was just bawling, like literally bawling. Now, where he grew up is we're playing this team from L.A. And the coach looks at me and he's like, how does, his arm, how does Jordan's arm feel? Because Jordan took a... a 
he was catching the day before and he took a foul ball off his arm and it was bruised and I had him using the massage gun and we had put some uh, deep heating some icy hot on it the night before and I said well it's sore but you know he's fine why and he goes um, I'm thinking about putting him in to throw and I said well if you ask him he's gonna say yes like he's just a gamer he's not gonna say no he'll work through it um, he goes alright I think I'm gonna do that if if this kid gets in trouble and this kid was getting in trouble this team I, I really love this team that that Jordan is on but this kid was in some trouble this team this LA team uh, were some ballers so we get to the last inning man it's it's one-to-one all right and if this team from LA loses or ends up in a tie on this one even a tie will knock them out and send them back home because they have one tie already you can't have two ties so the bases are loaded in the last inning there's one out and their number three and four hitter are coming up and the coach looks at me says I'm gonna go to him now I said cool let's do it now what I did after that when he went out told Jordan to hit the mound and gave him the ball I walked out the back of the dugout Kind of rubbed my head, took my hat off, rubbed my forehead like I'm doing now. And I looked up at the sky and I said a little prayer. And one of the dads came up to me and he said, you good? I said, yeah, man. I said, it never gets old, right? He said, let's go. He's, I go, he's, the dad said, he's like, he's having a weekend, man. He's going to be fine. I said, I hope so. We'll see. I said, I believe, I believe he can do it. But you know, it's your baby. You know, you're, you're watching your baby. You're like, gosh, man, this could make or break them. And you don't want it to break them. So we go in there, man. And uh, and he faces the number three hitter who's a, this kid's, they hit all, these next two batters are, are hitters. That's why they bat three and four. And his first pitch is a curveball that freezes the hell out of this kid. And the other coach is like, oh, my God. He, like, goes back into the dugout. He's like, God, that was a beautiful pitch. And next thing you know, this kid's swinging at, you know, garbage. My son's throwing stuff that's, you know, dropping down. The ass is falling out of the ball. And it's going into the dirt. And the kid's swinging. He strikes out the, the number three hitter. So then the cleanup hitter comes up. And he battles and battles. And... You know, what was frustrating to the coach from L.A. was the number three hitter, all he had to do was make contact and hit the ball to the outfield, even a pop-up, and they would tag up, score, and then they would win the game. And the fact that that number three hitter struck out and didn't even touch the ball was infuriating that coach. I could see it. So I looked at Jordan, and I told him, Jordan, I could tell him, you know, he was kind of charged up. I said, hey, breathe. So he looked at me, I said, walk around the mound, breathe. And uh, so, he, you know, before he steps back on the rubber, he kind of walked around the back, took a deep breath, got back in there, and proceeded to strike out the number four hitter as well. And the game ended in a tie. And we moved on. That team from L.A. was eliminated, and the coach was furious I could literally hear him say you gotta be effing kidding me we can't hit a fly ball 
to the outfield to tag up, score a run, and win the game. You got to be kidding me. Just losing his shit. And I saw something in Jordan that I had never seen. And this was his killer instinct competitive dog. And I say that because I lost my shit. The coaches lost their shit. But what I saw from Jordan once he struck that number four hitter out is once he threw that pitch and the, and the batter swung and missed, he smacked his glove with his fist and he said, let's fucking go. And I'm not big on my kids cussing. In fact, I've had to have major talks with them about that and we're working on it. Because all their teammates cuss. And when they're around me, I've had to check all the kids and tell them, do not cuss around me. I'm not your homie. You clean it up. I understand you guys are teenagers now. You're probably doing that when you're in high school or whatever. But don't do that around me. But at that moment, I had to let that one slide. I had to let that one fly and let it go. Because the adrenaline that was going through his body... And how hyped he was. And probably how proud of himself he was. To be put in a situation where if you gave up a fly ball, you'd lose the game. To be put in a situation where any little mistake, you'd lose the game for your team in Las Vegas. And you go in there and strike out the number three and the number four power hitters. I I don't know that it gets more better than that. I don't. And I I was so hyped for him when he came off and the team was jumping up and down. And that when he came up, I chest bumped him. And I've never done that to my son, but I chest bumped him. And I couldn't believe it, man. I had like tears in my eyes. I was so damn happy. That was his game. He went, I believe he went three for three in that game or two for three. And then he he got, he even got hit in that game. But he, you know, he, the RBI, our one run was his. That was his game. And, and, And that was a game that I will never forget. But his whole weekend, we had three three days of baseball. His whole weekend was magical. And he was just growing up before my eyes. They put him at catcher and he was nails. They put him at third base, he was nails. They put him in pitching, he was nails. And then he was hitting. I just... It makes me happy because not just him, but Jaden, these guys are better ball players than I ever was. And that's what you hope for. You know, if you're if you were athletic growing, you know, growing up and and you played ball, you hope that your kids are better than you if they play. And I'm telling you, man, my kids are eons, eons beyond what I ever was when it came to baseball. And all I'm trying to do is give them 
every piece of knowledge that I have. Anything, any nugget that I have for baseball, I am trying to just give it to him. It was great, man. It was great to watch. I was so proud of him. Now, probably the coolest thing was to witness the team, this new team, embrace him. And and he, he fit in. Even when we were uh, hanging out at the at the at the uh, at the hotel that the coaches were at, and we watched the kids just hanging out, we were you know ha- having a drink, you know, some of the dads and you know say they watched the boys walk away, and they they looked at the coach and they said, "Hey, Jordan just popped up on this team about a month ago, and look, he just blended right in, man. I never seen I never seen a kid fit in so quick, just." It was like they've known him for years. And they said, dude, you got a good kid. And uh, that made me happy. Not just for me, for my son. You know, when you're a teenager, man, especially a freshman, you um, you just want to be accepted. Uh, you hope that you're not going to have to fight for um, your place. That You hope that you're not going to have to, you know deal with anybody who's hating on you you hope that it's a smooth transition and it was it was um now the team didn't win the whole thing um we got the chance to play uh we placed or the number one and number two seed had their own brackets and then we were the number three seed out of i don't know how many teams a bunch of teams um and we ended up just not having a great day as a team on sunday uh, so we ended up losing, but uh, overall it was a great showing that the team came out and really showed uh, that they could play ball, man. That they could hang with all these teams, um, and that's what you hope for when you go on the road. You just hope that you don't go out there and embarrass yourself, and you hope that you can compete. And that's what they did. Really proud of them. Um, while I was out there, man, I was still doing. Like, I do all the graphics for our other travel ball team in, that's from San Jose that Jaden plays on. So I'm literally doing all the graphics for the for his tournament. Because, mind you, during Jaden Jordan's tournament, Jaden's tournament's going on, and his mom is at those games. So the cool part is I'm able to go on this app called Game Changer and watch the games because someone has a GoPro to the screen. So in the midst of us being in Las Vegas, I'm watching my little guy on Game Changer, you know, catching and hitting and pitching and playing second base. I'm watching his game live and I'm able to, you know, tell his mom, hey, he did. I saw him do this. Do me a favor. Have If he's in a good mood, let him know to fix his leg or to not to to bring his hands back when he's swinging or whatever and he had an excellent tournament i'm looking at him play and i'm like man we have been trying to fix his swing you know every now and then he does this thing where um he they cat it's called casting you ever casted a a fishing pole um and that's kind of what you can do in baseball and it'll mess up your swing that means you're opening up your arms too early and you're extending and he has a habit of every now and then he starts to do that again and so we've been working on that and it finally has been clicking and he's been smacking the ball the last few tournaments so i was just happy to be 
you know, I always say this on my social media, thank God for, for technology, for situations like that, because I was able to be in Las Vegas, but also watch my other son's game. The cool thing was me and Jordan were watching it. So we would be having boba or eating with my phone there and we would be watching uh, my son Jaden's baseball game and and just being excited about uh, being able to do that and cheer him on as well. Now I was also doing the graphics. So while I'm in Vegas, I'm doing the lineup graphics for Instagram. I'm doing the player graphics. Um, any videos that I'm being sent, I'm putting them up. So while I'm out of state, I'm still updating the Instagram for the other team as if I'm there. Because when I am there, I'm usually doing everything right in the dugout and um, and that's a task in itself. But being on the road, being at my own tournament with, with Jordan made it even harder. But it was worth it because to me it's important for my son, Jaden, to know that, hey, dad's out of state. But guess what? Dad is still locked into your tournament as well. And I'm still taking care of business while I'm here. I'm still doing stuff for the team. I'm still watching your games. I'm still sending mom text messages and you text messages. So when you get your iPad, you can look and see that I was watching and telling you hey that was a hell of a bunt or that was a great catch or way to throw that kid out son like i wanted him to know like hey i'm not there i'm with your brother in las vegas but i have been watching and keeping in uh, you know track of what you've been doing and i'm very proud of you because you've had a hell of a tournament um and it was cool man uh you know we just there are no guarantees in sports, right? You know, I always, you know, have people ask me, you know, the boys are really good. Do you think they have a chance? And, I, you know, you, you you always hope, you always pray, you always, you know, think like, man, you know, my kids are pretty good. Um, but you just never know. And all I can say is we're doing the best we can to give them every opportunity that they can get. And when I say we, I'm talking about me and my kid's mom. We are doing the best we can to give them every opportunity that they can get. All right. Which is why Jordan is on another team right now, because uh, he needed to be on a 14U team and that was playing tournaments and this was the best option. So we did it. Uh, so we're doing the best we can. And all you can do is hope that they take every opportunity to work. And if you're on my social media, you see me. When there are days off, there are no days off. We are literally in the gym. We are on the field doing drills. We are at the stadium doing drills. We are in the batting cages doing drills. Uh, you see me. If I'm not in the gym by myself, I'm with them and I am training them. So I am going to give them everything I have, like I tell you, and give it our best shot. And God willing... Maybe, maybe they'll have a shot, you know, we'll see. I know they love it more than I ever loved it. And, uh, and they have more opportunities than I ever had. So we'll see, man. I'm going to give it to them. <laughs> I'm going to give you, give them everything that I have, man. Um, yeah, that's that, that was the trip, man. That was baseball, you know, and, you know, before I, before I close this out, I got a really cool text from my kid's mom while I was out there. And I, t I had, she was keeping track on Game Changer as well 
for Jordan's games. And we were texting back and forth. And I said, you know, I I can't believe what Jordan is doing out here. I said, it, it's actually brought me to tears. He's, he's, he's doing things that I, I knew he was capable of, but seeing him actually do them is, is just wild. I said, and it, uh, it warms my heart. And she says, yeah, you made that. You made both of them. They got it from you. You know, um, that might have been the nicest thing she's uh, said to me since uh, we've been divorced. We have a great co-parenting relationship. We really do. We have no issues. And uh, that may be, may have been the, the nicest thing she said to me because uh, my kids mean everything to me. And correction. I didn't make that. I didn't make them. We made them. That's all I got, guys. I uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, I hope you guys are in good health. I hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, man. This episode was something. This was more of an episode for me. And if it hits home for you, I hope it does. If it doesn't, I'm sorry. But this episode was for me. All right. I love you guys. As always, check out the website, raymolina.com. My Instagram is at it's raymolina. YouTube is youtube.com slash at the perfect mess pod. And yeah, that's what I got. Like I always say, my life isn't perfect. Oftentimes it is a mess. But for me, it is the perfect mess. Peace. Perfect mess is my perfect mess. Perfect mess is my perfect mess.